Event codes verified. Priority one message from Starfleet coming in on secure channel. Hello, Captains. You're listening to episode 332 of Priority One, a Roddenberry Star Trek podcast, and your weekly report on all things Star Trek. Recorded live on Thursday, August 24th, 2017, and available for download or streaming on Monday, August 28th at PriorityOnePodcast.com. I'm Kenna. I'm Tony. And in our audio booth, it's our audio engineer, Winters. Greetings, everyone. So, Tony, what do we have coming up this week? This week, we are trekking out why Ronald D. Moore says he hated replicators. There's more information about Star Trek Discovery's advisory rating, and two Trek favorites will soon be heading down the aisle. In STO News, we're catching up on what we can expect over the next month in Star Trek Online and pondering whether we've reached the endgame plateau. Later on, our science advisor, Dr. Hurt, is here with another report from the Astrometrics Lab. And as always, before we wrap the show, we'll open hailing frequencies for your incoming messages. Captains, you know we love to hear from you between episodes, so please reach out to us. We are on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Priority One Podcast. We are on Twitter at Priority One Pod. And you can even send us an email via incoming at Priority One Podcast.com. Captains, you know that we love hearing from you in our incoming messages, and we love your support via our Patreon page. That's right, www.patreon.com forward slash Priority One. If you can help us out, make this show better by contributing just a little bit every week, we would sure appreciate it. And if you can't, well, spread the word via social media, retweet our tweets, and give us some likes on Facebook. Any way you can help us make the show better by making it easier to bring it to you is greatly appreciated. Now let's check out the latest news from the Star Trek multiverse. I don't know. Then let's check it out. After you've gone through and watched all the Star Trek episodes and films, you start to dig deeper into the franchise. You get curious about how it was made, who wrote it, who designed the sets, what was the creative process. When alum from the Star Trek creative team sit down and chat, it's a real treat because we get an insight into those processes, and sometimes... Especially as time goes on, we hear new stories. For instance, BleedingCool.com sat down with Ronald D. Moore, who wrote for DS9 and went on to reimagine Battlestar Galactica. When talking about Star Trek, he had this to say about replicator technology in the series. Quote, Replicators are the worst thing ever. Destroys storytelling all the time. They mean there's no value to anything. Nothing has value in the universe if you can just replicate everything. So all that goes away. End quote. He goes on to say, quote, the writer's room just hated it and tried to forget about it as much as possible. End quote. It's everybody's favorite machine. It's like the best thing that Star Trek invented. He does have a point because you're right. If you can just re- if you can replicate anything, you might as well just replicate everything. However, I, I, he but yes, <laughs> basically he's no. not wrong. He's not wrong. No, well, I, but the thing is, is that with uh, I can't remember the the. the author that says it, but I think it's Arthur C. Clarke. Any technology sufficiently advanced is indistinguishable from magic. So, all they have to do is, like, 
write the magic book, right? The replicator can do this, it can't do that. If they want to do this, then it costs that much. The reason Janeway can't have her coffee because she has to have X amount of hydrogen in a tank Y that goes to pipeline Z. I mean, you're, I mean, you're writers, you're making this stuff up. Just You can make up reasons why, oh, we can't do it, Captain. We don't have the power. Otherwise known as Trekno Battle. Yeah, exactly. Yes, yeah. exactly. I always wondered if, um, do all their clothes get replicated? Yes. Yeah. 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 They, their clothes get replicated, their food gets replicated, and I think, like, basic stuff. Like, if you wanted a glass dish to give to somebody at their wedding. Yeah. Oh, no, there's definitely, know. there's a store on the Enterprise. On the Enterprise D, there's, like, a store with big replicators where you can go and buy yeah. wedding gifts. I think there's an episode where they actually do that to go and buy a wedding Yeah, gift I remember Worf having to get some trinket yeah. or whatever. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it's, I mean... They could have they could have spent the time and the energy to like define when you need like your personal replicator that's in your room or when you need a big industrial size one or stuff that just can't be replicated because quantum tunneling zip zappity do whatever. So I mean it's it's it, it's a don't don't blame somebody else's imagination for your lack of imagination is what I'm saying. Okay, I have another question and it's clothing related. It's that's okay. a coincidence, by the way. Sure. Um, so, okay, replicated clothing is great, especially for a pseudo-military organization. If they wanted to change the uniforms, for instance, say between oh, yeah. season one and season two, that's very easy to do. Do you mm-hmm. think? <laughs> come with me on a journey for a second. Do you think that that guy who was in like season one wearing the scant, who clearly just was rocking the scant, do you think at some point they submitted a memo that said, as of? Stardate, blah, 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 blah. No more scans. When you turn in your uniform to be laundered, it's going away. You're not having a scan anymore. Do you that think guy. he was like, he was like, no. no. No, he replicated a little portable vacuum cleaner. And he was vacuuming that sucker every day. He was just like, you're not getting this back from me. This ain't going got, in the recycle bin. Screw you. Yeah, he's getting exactly. letters from he's getting letters from Starfleet Command going, yeah, you notice that like, you have not turned in your uniform. <laughs> XYZ241. We're we're missing 0.46 kilograms of cotton poly blend and a zipper. <laughs> we, need those, we need those back as soon as possible. <laughs> yes, I definitely think that that's exactly what happened. No doubt in my mind. None. See? Yeah. <laughs> well, and that little discussion certainly brings us to our community question for the week. What was your favorite replicated item in Star Trek, or something that should have been replicated, but wasn't? Now we get to look towards the future, or maybe the past. Star Trek Discovery is less than a month away now, and there are trailers galore. Some are short teasers that are more artistic in nature to help set the tone. Others give us a little more meat and potatoes. Of particular note is one that features sweeping lighting shots of the character narrated by Sonequa Martin-Green. It's a new spin, an update to our familiar Space the Final Frontier. Please don't forget, Captains, that as the excitement builds and you gear up to subscribe to CBS All Access in the U.S., we would be greatly appreciative if you used our affiliate links that can be found on our homepage. We'll even make it easier for you by including the link in our show notes in case you decide to subscribe right now while you're on the go. And while we're on the topic of the show's actual content, the website ncc-1031.com has been reporting on the developments of Star Trek Discovery and has even broken a few stories. In a recent article, they address Discovery's television rating, TVMA. 
which means, according to the Motion Picture Association of America, quote, this program is specifically designed to be viewed by adults and therefore may be unsuitable for children under 17. This program may contain one or more of the following, crude indecent language, explicit sexual activity, or graphic violence, end quote. Does this signal the end of family-friendly Trek? Well, who knows? After all, there are parents out there that let their kids watch Rick and Morty. <laughs> uh, look, I didn't know it was quite as bad as it was. Yeah, it is that bad. Before I yeah. let my son have access to the entire back catalog of South Park. So, I mean, I'm kind of oh, right well. there with you. You know, <laughs> okay. kind of right there with you. <laughs> Fair enough. So... Yeah, and I mean, big surprise. They've been talking about it being grittier and whatever in the age of Game of Thrones. I mean, yeah, I'm not surprised. I just, I, I fail to see that Star Trek needs any of that. I mean, I hate to say it. I just, I, maybe it's because I'm a parent, okay? that's It's like totally possible just because yeah. I'm a mom. Um, like, you can have violence that isn't graphic. You can have implicit sexual activity or you can sure. have, you know, slightly borderline indecent language, but not like, you know... The... You can make up your own swear word like Battlestar Galactica did. Yeah, Exactly. So I just... Eh, whatever. I mean, it, honestly, it doesn't really matter that much, but I would have liked to be confident that I could sit down with my kids and watch it and now I'm like, eh. Yeah, you're going to have to screen it first. Yeah, I mean, exactly. That's the, it, yeah, especially if they're younger kids, you're going to have to screen it first. My son's 14. Probably not going to care too much. My no, daughter's nine. Fine. Yeah. Yeah, probably yeah. going to. She's, yeah. She she may not get to watch this new iteation because mm. there may be one episode where everything is great, and then the next episode's like, uh, nope. Yeah. That's yeah. not going into my little girl's eyeballs just yet. But, <laughs> exactly. Know, maybe give it another two or three years, maybe. But I mean, that's the sort of thing. I mean, we're already having what I'm going to call trust issues, you know, because it's like, you know, well, Gene Roddenberry's thing, well, that's not our thing anymore. We, we're going to can some of the stuff that he liked. And, oh, and by the way, Brian Fuller, who everybody thought was really going to be super awesome, well, he's not with the show anymore. Oh, and Nick Meyer, he's off doing his other thing now with the con stuff. I'm like, all the stuff that sort of, like, made me really feel trusting, like, yes, a lot of it's gone. Some of the stuff has been, is still there. Yeah. Some of the stuff is still there. They've said good things and, and at the panels and so on, like you guys are describing at STLV. But some of this, this is one of those things that's a, it's a pebble on the other side of the scale. It's like, did you really yes. need to go for the MA? I mean, I understand the TV I, reasons why. But we can't, we really Trek can't reasons. pass any judgment. We can't really pass any judgment. And you know what? Oh, As I can't. we record all the time. this, pass judgment all day long. it's exactly one month until it comes out. So we'll know in a month. Well, we'll know yeah. about the first episode in a month. We'll know about the. I mean, we will know. In fact, actually, we'll know about the first two episodes in a month because, isn't it? Oh yeah, the they're doing that weird thing. thing. The, it's something weird. Yeah, I can't remember. But yes, we'll know in a go month. Go see part um, two. Yeah. And then, yeah. and then we can, uh, you know, perhaps justifiably, you know, slag it off. Oh sure, sure. But I'll, you know, no. I'll pass judgment all day long <laughs> on bare minimal facts. It's it's a thing I do. It's it's, it's just <sighs> yeah you know. yeah it is yeah yeah it is. Now, uh, moving on to our next story, which by the way I absolutely love. Uh, we'd be remiss if we ignored a headline that probably made many Trekkie hearts melt this week. Scott Mance, who many of you will recognize from his many appearances hosting panels at STLV, announced on Twitter last week that Terry Farrell is engaged to Adam Nimoy, Leonard Nimoy's son. Now, Miss Farrell confirmed the news herself in a later reply to a fan saying, quote, it's for real, end quote. 
Best wishes for the happy couple. Captains, you may have noticed that in some of our STLV photos, we're already rocking Star Trek Discovery Com badges from QMX. Well, the show's not out yet, but you can already start adding to your collection with plenty of merchandising. Merchandising, merchandising, where the real money from the movie is made. Yes, yes. TrekMovie.com has put together a very nice list of currently available or soon to be available trinkets that have the new series written all over it. From books to shirts to pins, even costumes. And actually, while we are talking about merchandising, there is more great news for true Trek merch addicts. Loot Crate has announced that they're starting up a Star Trek version of their popular periodical swag box. For just $39.99 US dollars per bi-monthly crate, uh, that does not include shipping and handling, you'll get four to six Trek-themed items delivered straight to your door. Now, the box is designed by QMX and it's distributed through Loot Crate, so you know it's going to be good, if a little pricey. <laughs> it's kind of on my wish list. Oh, that would be amazing, though, wouldn't it? I'm sitting here thinking, yeah, can I afford I mean, that? I... I really can't afford that much. And where would I put it? is my issue with the subscription boxes, but still. See, and the problem is that if you look behind me, this is like the third time I've had to rearrange the crap on my shelf because you start gathering tchotchkes and all of a sudden you tchotchke yourself right out of space. Yes. So, I mean, and not everything in those boxes are, are stuff that you stick on a shelf. But, I mean, yes. there's usually a t-shirt or something in there that's cool, but I, 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 Loot Crate is a cool idea and I think a lot of people enjoy that sort of thing, but it just, it, it would for me, it would just overwhelm me really yeah. quickly. Yeah, I'd like to see numbers on like how many on average, people actually keep doing. Because I imagine the first few would be like so exciting and you get stuff that's delivered to your door. And then after a while, it's like, God, where am I going to put all this stuff? Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, we're going to slide that over. And well, yeah, I could really use a new shelf in here. Yeah. More shelves. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That wraps up the major headlines this week. Now let's get our game on in Star Trek Online News. Computer status report. Status. Incoming message. I'm only in the mood for good news today. Well, Captains, welcome to STO News, where we take you through the latest news and updates from Star Trek Online. So as it turns out, I might be able to see the future, because I'm pretty sure that last week I said we were in for a few slow weeks uh, in terms of news. And of course, uh, yes, we are. Now, this is the calm before the storm, I think. Uh, there's probably a little bit of everyone's on vacation right now thrown in there because it's August. Uh, but just let's recap what we're looking forward to in the next several weeks. If you'll recall, last week we reported that both the Arena of Sompec event and the Sona Infinity R&D pack promotion were running through the 7th of September. We also know there's going to be a special TNG-themed featured episode called Beyond the Nexus starting Tuesday, September the 12th. This is the first of two episodes featuring LeVar Burton as Geordi LaForge. The next major seasonal release is Season 14, Emergence, and is currently slated for an October release. If we follow previous release schedules, it's likely to be sometime around the 10th or the 17th, so really, not that long to wait. Uh, so here's the problem that I'm having. Uh, what do I do in the meantime? And the reason I ask this is because I have uh, got a little bit jaded with the um, some of the tentpole events. I, I don't really care about the things that you get at the end. It doesn't really bother me. And so I just kind of tend to sit around waiting for the next piece of content. Uh, now, Tony, before we recorded, you mentioned that you've been actually playing the arena of Sompek and you've changed your mind a it's, little bit about it. This is one of those rare occasions where ground doesn't suck. I've, I've been on record many times saying that I'm not a fan 
of any sort of, and it's not just Star Trek Online, it's any first person shooter, any type of game where I have to run around a little character with a gun and shoot and shoot stuff. I hate that. Give me spaceships any day of the week. But the arena of Sompek is not bad. It's uh, it, it it's varied enough. It's fast enough. The rewards are are I think fairly decently balanced for the amount of time you spend on it, and it's not painful. Which I know that doesn't sound like much, but for me that's a huge compliment when it comes to. Uh, any kind of ground sort of uh, interaction. And I've actually voluntarily, without external provocation, <laughs> queued up almost every day for the past four, like four or five days. I mean, I'm like, I'm gathering the required marks, like a good MMO player, pat me on the head. Uh, well so I, I just want to say, sorry, Steven Rocosa. <laughs> I tried it, wow. and it's not so bad. It, I actually, it's not, it's pretty good. It's actually pretty good. So. Well, now here, here's a question for you. Would you be, would you consider yourself to have sort of optimized your oh, no. ground no. abilities? No, 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 no. I've got the uh, uh, the ancient history Mako armor from way back in the day, from like mm-hmm. Borg stuff. Uh, it's, it's still plain old Mark Twelve. I haven't upgraded it or anything like that, and that's 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 all I've got. I hardly. I I I, ha- I touch a couple of my kit powers once in a while, but that's it. Mm-hmm. And I, so I uh, no, I am by no means optimized or whatever. And uh, to some extent, my teammates sort of carry me a lot in the arena of Sompak, But I get my share of kills in there, and I dodge little lightning strikes and all that kind of stuff, and I stay alive. So I don't feel like I'm weighing the team down, even in a pug. But I'm not I'm not optimized for anything. I, I'm not a fan of ground. I don't I don't I don't push those I don't push those buttons very much. So. Well, I only ask that because I'm not either. I tend to shy away from ground because, like, well, I've said before, Winter's helped me an awful lot with my space build. Um, mm. So I feel pretty confident with that. Ground, ground, dude, every featured episode I die at least once. That's embarrassing, but it's because I haven't <laughs> taken the time to actually do anything with my ground um, stuff. And, and honestly, I've stayed away. I haven't played the Arena of Sompek because it doesn't appeal for that very reason. Yeah. But the nice thing is, you're supposed to die a lot in the arena of Sompek. I mean, you die constantly. And do you feel like you're actually making decent progress? Yeah. In it. I mean, yeah. It's not bad. It, re- it really is not that bad. It, it's I, <laughs> glowing again, praise from. Yeah, I mean, uh, hi, this, again, <laughs> I, it doesn't sound like much, but for me, this is strong praise for any kind of. Uh, I don't hate it. I mean, that's yeah. I, I, let me put it this way: Fallout Four is an amazing game. Fallout New Vegas, I loved. The only reason I played that game was because of the VATS system. And if you're familiar with that, basically, is you just stop time and you tell the computer what part of the an enemy's body you're going to shoot. So it's like, pause, uh, shoot him in the head, unpause. Pause, shoot him in the thigh, unpause. I mean, I don't like running and shooting and aiming and changing weapons and stuff. It's not a thing I like to do. But, you know, the, the, the Arena Sound Pack is, is well designed, and I think even if you're... I, I would not go in there as a casual, casual, casual player. But if you have one set from like the featured episode, like when you run a featured episode three times, and you get the different mm-hmm. pieces. Yeah, that that's a Mark Twelve set. Throw a kit, throw a, a regular kit in there, and you're probably going to be okay. Yeah, I've got like a Mark Seven grenade. Will that do? <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> like Winters is I'm burying my soul right now. <laughs> yeah, just <laughs> <is> like <laughs> I might so actually. What I might do is take a uh, take a screenshot of my ground setup. I might post that up on our page and see if uh, see if I get some um, suggestions on what I should do with it. We That'd got the be a nice right interactive here. Tell you what feature, to do. wouldn't it? Well, I was going to say um, that. Um, 
for ground, at least in my opinion anyway, if you've got a decent kit, you're pretty much set. Mm. Because the armor and the weapons, they're all roughly around the same and, you know, they don't increase an awful lot when you upgrade them to Mark 14 Epic or anything like that. There's very little yeah. difference. As long as you've got a decent kit, um, you can get through nearly any bit of content at all in Star Trek Online. Now, this raises a good point. Well, a good question for me, Winters. So, Tony has said, well, it's not bad. Um, is that is that your experience with the arena of Sompek? Because you're a, a little bit more advanced on ground, I would assume, compared to Tony. Yeah, no, I... I really like it. Um, it's well designed. It's a lot of fun. However, I'm actually not running the arena of Sampek this time. Not even on oh, one okay. character. The rewards? Yeah. The rewards aren't enough to get me to start doing it on even one mm. character. Um, I've got other stuff that I have to sort of look after. Yeah. And within the Priority 1 Armada, it seems to be kind of mixed. Some people are playing it constantly to try and get as high as they possibly can. Other people are going yeah. in just to get the daily done. So they go in, they get past level 3, and then they die. And that's it. You know, they try mm -hmm. and get it over with as quickly as possible. Um, yeah. Some people are only doing it on one character. Some people are doing it on multiple characters. Yeah. So it's kind of mixed. These temple events are great for getting marks for a reputation that you haven't finished yet. Anytime mm -hmm. they do one of these, whether it's the Arena of Sampek or the Crystalline Entity, they're always great for getting marks in a, any particular reputation or a, a group of reputations. You might want you know, some gear out of it, or you might be just leveling it up. They're always right. great for that. Yeah, and, and that's... And I think that I, th that could, I don't think it could hurt them to to nudge that upward a little bit, especially as you start hitting those higher ranks. I think there needs to be the opposite of diminishing returns once you start hitting those higher ranks. I think you, they should probably be even more generous by uh, when you start getting to the when you, when those little skulls start ramping up there in the bottom corner when the enemies get tougher. I think they really ought to be more generous with the with the marks once they finally get to that. But uh, and all in all, like I said, my highest possible praise for ground combat. It's not, it's not bad. It's not bad. Okay. Okay. Well, um, that whole discussion kind of um, prompted me earlier to think about this question that I wanted to talk to you guys about, which is, has Star Trek Online reached a point where we're no longer advancing the game and endgame? And what I mean by that is, so... Gosh, Winters, when was it that you and I went through my space build? I mean, that that's going back, like, two years? Yeah, that's got to be two years. <laughs> mm-hmm, and um, I have not changed my build since then. And I think it's still as effective in most of the things that I do as it was two years ago. Right. And um, so my question to you guys is do you feel that the end game basically is uh in terms of the challenge is has stayed static and i know they've they've done some um some rejigging of of the balance to maybe make that happen but do you think that's kind of what we're aiming for uh jeremy had a bit on when you guys were in vegas about how they don't need to make the game any wider than it is they don't need more things to do in mm -hmm. the game. There's already lots of things to do in the game. It's just getting people to discover it and stick with it just long enough to evaluate it. 
Because maybe yeah. you don't like it. Maybe you don't like the DOS. That's fine. Maybe mm-hmm. you don't like the reputation system. That's okay. But maybe you do like the foundry, uh, and you like writing those stories. Or maybe you, you do enjoy the um, you know PvP. Maybe that's mm-hmm. what you like. So yeah. I, I think that's, that's their real challenge. And then the other challenge that goes hand-in-hand hand with that is tweaking some of the systems that don't work quite so well, like Jeremy specifically said, crafting. Um, that definitely yeah. needs some work. But I, I, I don't think Star Trek Online needs more types of gameplay. I do think that, and the Endeavor system is probably going to help with this, I hope, getting people to try something and, and the real challenge is stick with it long enough to really evaluate it. For example, play the arena of Sompek two or three days in a row and find out that it's not that bad. For example. <laughs> For example. <laughs> For example. I, I mean, I, I mean, here's, here's the question of it for me, is as a player... Do you want the end game to be endlessly challenging? Do you want there to be, um, every time you log in, there's a new challenge to be overcome? Or are you happy with it being stable? And the reason that I ask that is because I kind of like it being stable. I, I well, I, we talked before, I'm a casual player. I like to play by myself, and I'm there for the episodic content. So I'm very pleased with the fact that two years ago I set up my space setup and that it's still good because I don't want to I love you winters I don't want to go through that again <laughs> <laughs> you're a great so, guy and all but the less time I spend with you the better <laughs> no, it, that is not what I said but um, I you know so for me personally as a player I am happy that the gameplay at endgame is relatively stable um, but I wanted to hear from you guys. What's your opinion? The way you play, are you looking for that continuous challenge, or are you happy for it to stay stable and um, carry on like that? All right, you and me. Let's just take us for examples. You've got a lot of alts. Yes. Right. And you just said a few minutes ago that Sompek wasn't really doing it for you because you had other things to do. And I'm going to presume you tell me if I'm wrong that that was one of the, your things you're doing is taking care of. The various chores, daily chores that you have to do on your alts, right? Which yeah. probably haven't changed a great deal uh, in the last year or two. I mean, yeah, you, you that'd be hit the dilithium accurate. farm thing. You do, you run some doffs, admiralty. Yeah, admiralty. Yeah, I mean, you just kind of you click, 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 and, and you and you go through it. And by the time you've done five or six, ten alts, however many as you do, you're already thirty minutes or an hour into it. And right, you know. And then if you feel like it, you'll do some other stuff. Yeah. I have a feeling that there's a lot of veteran players that are like you, um, and then there's me. I have, I've got a lot. I've got a number of alts, but I ignore half of them. Some of them are ones that my son made, and he was fooling around with the game when he was a little kid. Right. I just haven't deleted them yet. I rolled a character for the 23rd century uh, deal, mm-hmm. and then he's stuck at level 12. And I've got four or five at level 60 that I've just rolled during the course of my seven years of the game. Um, mm-hmm. And but I, and I basically I farm those five, uh, give them some contraband missions and a couple of doff things, but I only have one character that I really build up. He's got all the ships, he's got all the you know uh, reputations maxed out, and all that kind of stuff. Right. So for me, it's just fine with me this pace. I mean, mm-hmm. it, for uh, for for like I said, I'm, I'm I'm like halfway between the casual and 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 the winters. Like I know that. I could be doing more to maximize my whatever, but I just don't care that much. Uh, but I do like to log in, and I like to tinker with the systems uh, because they make sense to me, and the rewards more or less make sense to me. And mm-hmm. 
the gameplay is familiar. Yeah. So I, I think that they've got the right idea uh, as far as where they want to go with what they're what they're trying to do with it. Attracting new players is all about the IP. People want a Star Trek experience. Yeah. Keeping them is all about try all the things and love three of them and log in every day and do those. <laughs> yeah, I mean, my problem, I think, at the moment is that uh, last year when we had the Iconian War, everything came very thick and fast and we were getting a new featured episode maybe not quite every month, I don't think, but it was every six weeks. And since... Um, since last summer, that 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 pace has slowed down significantly. Oh yeah, we're still getting great content, but the the pace has slowed down. And I've I've dropped I I've started dropping out of gameplay in between um, the episodes. Yeah, I'm okay with that. Sometimes I feel a little guilty. No, don't. I got a dude no. sitting on Earth space dock, you know, just not doing anything. I feel like I should actually, you know, at least take him to his ready room or something, you know. <laughs> Um, but um, but I'm actually I'm okay. I'm happy with I'm happy with the level that I play now. I'm anticipating the the new featured episodes. Yeah. But that's kind of where it is. This is an argument I've been having with Al since I first got on the show. Is you know write us more stories, do more stories, drop all that other crap, forget all these systems and blah blah blah. If you had what a exactly Star- would you classify as crap, Tony? I all like of it. All of it. Just give me more Star <laughs> Trek stories. Give me more, give me more yeah. Final Frontiers and new civilizations and boldly mm-hmm. going and all that stuff. Get, just forget all this other weapons and guns and admiralties and forget all that stuff. I, I like it; it's fun. Yeah. But if I could, if it were possible for them to dump everything into getting out an episode a week or an episode every two weeks, yeah. I think that that would be amazing. But it probably oh, wouldn't pay the bills. I think you, know, you might I, be right about that. They would have to change their <laughs> yeah. I mean, they'd have to change their model yeah. back to to charging per the per story. It'd yeah. be like three bucks an episode or five bucks an episode, whatever they needed to make the bottom yeah. line run. I am I am more than happy to put up with the lock boxes. I don't even put up with it anymore. They're fine. They we yeah. railed against them when they first came out, but they've tweaked them over the years, and now they're not. They're inoffensive, and they're pretty. Mm-hmm. They I think they've got the formula cracked. All, all the other stuff that makes people log in over and over again that makes an MMO an MMO, the cheeks in the yeah. seats, yeah. they do they do pretty good. I, I enjoy those systems, and they're fine. I, but I would trade a lot of that for more regular story content, and I bet most players would too. It just wouldn't pay the bills. And yeah. that, and, and so this is, this is how uh, an MMO, a free-to-play MMO works. And yeah. they've got the balance, is, the balance is the best they can do. Always want more story content. Always, 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 always. Well, that's all we've got for Star Trek Online news this week. Now let's talk to Winters to get his top tip. In an effort to lend a hand to new players, or even surprise the most veteran captains in Star Trek Online, here's my weekly top tip. This week I'm going to talk about refining dilithium. Now, as all of you know, we can refine 8,000 dilithium ore once per 24 hours, and the clock resets at the same time every day. What you may not be aware of, though, is that you can refine an extra 500 dilithium ore at your fleet's dilithium mine. Now I should note that this is only possible if your fleet's dilithium mine is tier 2 and has completed the appropriate construction project. Once at your fleet's dilithium mine, walk up to and interact with Mining Foreman, who will have three duty officer assignments for you. You are looking for the bottom one on the list marked Additional Refining Capacity. 
Starting this duty officer assignment will only take a couple of seconds to complete and once it's finished it will refine an additional 500 dilithium ore for you. It may not seem like much but it really does add up over the long term if you have large amounts of dilithium ore to get through and it only takes a couple of seconds to complete. So on a normal free to play account that has 3 character slots on it, it means that you can refine 25,500 dilithium ore per day. And all of that dilithium can be transferred to a single character using the dilithium exchange. I will cover how that is possible in a later top tip. For more information we will leave links in the show notes at PriorityOnePodcast.com forward slash PO332. Now over to our science advisor Dr. Robert Hurt with another report from the Astrometrics Lab. For this week's Astrometrics Report, we're going to take a look at the weather patterns on some weird objects that fall somewhere in the gray space between planets and stars. Known as brown dwarfs, these objects are thought to have formed more or less the way other stars have formed, but lack sufficient mass to ignite or to sustain nuclear fusion in their cores. As such, they lack the power source that causes stars to be illuminated for millions or billions of years. On the other hand, they're much more massive than planets up to a hundred times the mass of Jupiter. However, they're still about the same size as Jupiter, just like the smallest stars out there. While they have no source of ongoing energy production, they do have heat left over from their formation from the gravitational collapse of the cloud, and as such they glow primarily in infrared light. Astronomers studying these transitional objects in infrared light had discovered that their brightness could actually change somewhat irregularly over time. Early hypotheses were that the atmospheres of brown dwarfs must be incredibly turbulent, producing incredibly large storm systems that could appear and disappear over the course of mere days. This would be pretty strange, unlike anything that we've seen within our own solar system. However, a new study using data from NASA's Spitzer Space Telescope has suggested there might be a little more regularity underlying these seemingly irregular storm systems. Lead author Daniel Apai and his team observed half a dozen brown dwarfs across the span of dozens of rotations in order to see exactly how their brightness would vary over time. If the atmospheres of the brown dwarfs had regular stable storm patterns like, for instance, Jupiter's Great Red Spot, we would expect the brightness to change very regularly, increasing and decreasing as these storm patterns rotated in and out of sight. However, the data showed that there sometimes would be very little change in the brightness of the brown dwarf as it rotated, but another cycle or two later it might change quite dramatically from one rotation to the next. What Dr. Apai's team found is that you could explain the variation by assuming there were just a few relatively stable storm systems located at different latitudes and different bands, which rotated at slightly different rates. When the bands were out of relative alignment and the storms distributed more or less uniformly around the brown dwarf, then we wouldn't see much variation as the overall brightness of the planet would be about the same from all angles. Over time, these bands could shift slowly back into alignment as they move at slightly different rates, placing most of the bright features on the same side of the brown dwarf. This means there would be a lot more variation in brightness as the brown dwarf rotated. And in some cases, they found they needed to add in something like Jupiter's Great Red Spot in order to explain all the features in the data. We actually see something like this bright and dark band structure in the atmospheres of our outer planets, like Uranus and Neptune. So this really isn't that unfamiliar. 
So even though they're vastly more massive than any planet in our solar system, it seems like astronomers are getting a pretty good handle on how to predict the weather on brown dwarfs like these. Interestingly, even though brown dwarfs were first discovered in the early days of Next Generation, Star Trek has yet to take us to one of these cool places for a visit. Maybe someday. Hmm. Are the Discovery writers listening to this podcast? Well, keep your fingers crossed. That wraps it up for this week's Astrometrics Report. It's time to go see what's incoming. Message coming in, sir. Hailing frequencies. Open. See, we are getting to know each other. And thanks again to Dr. Hurt for that Astrometrics Report. Well, Captains, this is the part of the show where we open hailing frequencies for your incoming messages. No community question from episode 331, but that doesn't mean the communication stopped, because we have the best dang listeners this side of the Gamma Quadrant. From PriorityOnePodcast.com, Chio Umiku says, Excellent podcast as always. I feel bad that I can't support Patreon every month to support you guys, so I did the next best thing. I just signed up for CBS All Access through P1's website. Someday, P1, I'll be able to afford a monthly contribution. And Chio, thank you very much, because that's exactly uh, what we're after. We know that not everybody uh, can can contribute through Patreon. Um, sharing the show with your friends is another great way to help support us. And of course, if you are going to sign up for CBSL Access, please do it through the link on our website. No additional cost to you. No additional cost to you. Thank you so much. From the Star Trek Online forums, Tyler Maxwell referring to the... Uh, the supposed con series from Nick Meyer. He says, assuming these rumors are true, here's how the con show will go. The augments are stranded on SETI Alpha 5. Six months later, SETI Alpha 6 explodes itself into 5. Most of the augments and Lieutenant Marlon MacGyver's die, and we saw Khan yelling, Kirk! into a dust storm a bunch of time for 18 straight years. Is that great television? That sounds like the I, bestest television ever. I, I have a little more faith in my Nick Meyer than that. I think he can make. I think he can take eighteen years of something and turn it into pretty decent TV. But that is the premise. Uh, you know supposedly, the supposed premise is it's, it's after they're marooned on SETI Alpha, whichever one it is. SETI Alpha Five, which gets blown into six. Uh, so, is it going to be Trek though, or is it just going to be Survivor? Well, <laughs> they vote one person if you off, get the off the planet every episode. If you get voted off a cons island, you're fertilizer. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, okay. although they could tell the story of where they found those little wormy things. Oh, there the wormy things are there. Absolutely they are. That yeah, could be like a whole six in. episode arc of hunting the wormy things, TM. Yeah. Actually, you know what? You probably just gave away most of the plot line yeah. because isn't the whole point of those worms that you're susceptible to suggestion? Yeah. Uh-huh. So somebody figures that out that's not Khan and tries to take over from Khan, and then Khan has to go beat that guy up. I mean, that's probably uh, a humongous see, subplot. Actually, there's, there is a little see, bit to play with there. We can, there's, there's stuff to play with here. There is stuff you know to play what? with here. And Tony, dude, you should write Foundry Missions. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I should. Here. I'll go ahead and just, I'll go ahead and just turn it to it. Overture. Drink. <laughs> uh, no, one's, no one's had to do that for a while. Yeah. Actually, yeah, that's true. Haven't had to do that for a while. Mm, Haven't had to do that for a while. It's been at least three or four episodes. From the Star Trek Online forums, Tyler Maxwell again, this time referring to the Arena of Sompek, really wish Cryptic had just left the Arena of Sompek award as a countdown. Yeah, people said they wanted the queue back, but not as a two-week, character-only grind. That's just lame. 
All it does is encourage more AFK or diet level 5 hyper farming runs rather than any kind of truly engaging gameplay. I've seen this where people yeah. are just in it for the token and they want to die as quickly as possible because they're doing it on multiple characters. So I get what he's saying here. Yeah. I, and I have not experienced that yet. I've only done it four times. Every time that we that I've done it, I've gotten to at least level 10, I think. I don't think I've stopped before level 10 on any one of them. Right. But And, and for me, that's plenty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, like I said, I just got to level 39 on the one. That was, that was too much. Uh, fortunately, the NPCs obliged and murdered us all pretty quickly. Once we got to <laughs> so, uh, but I mean, it's it's. I think that as we were just saying earlier in the discussion, if they tweak the rewards a little bit so that it got this the the rewards got better at this the farther you got, and it was very obvious that that's what happened. Yeah, the rewards got better the farther you got. I think that might fix this. Might um, encourage those and, people uh, to stick around yeah. longer. Stick around a little bit more. Uh, From Party One Podcast, Sean Newboy says, Wonderful show, everyone. Great job. I have a community question, says Sean Newboy. How many of us are picking up the CBS service just for Discovery? I, for one, will not be until it has proven itself. All right, then. Yeah, I I will be picking it up just for Star Trek Discovery. Um, We're presuming, actually, that if you wait, so if you wait for two months, you'll be able to see the first three or four episodes. I'm I'm not sure. Or are they going to do something like uh, the, the BBC iPlayer always used to do, which was that episodes are only available for a certain length of time until a certain amount of time after the whole series has finished, and then the whole thing will go back up. Oh, yeah, you only oh. have like a month before it leaves, so you have to want you have Ugh. to. <laughs> okay, I I can guess how you feel about that, Tony, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh my god, Father Just Jack. Just to be clear. Who's <laughs> Father Jack? Uh, so so we don't like that idea, but uh, yeah. Uh, no, I'm not a fan. I, I would say that I mean, most of us here... Hush your mouth. Yeah, and, people listen to us, you know. <laughs> and I also think that most of the people who are probably listening to this... The thing is, I can't name any other shows on CBS. Mind you, I don't watch a lot of television, so... Uh, you know, so yes, yes, I will be paying ten dollars a month for Star Trek. And again, you know, this we we talk a lot on this podcast. My God, we try to generate an hour of, con- uh, hour of content every week, regardless of what's going on. Mm-hmm. So one of the things we have talked about is this is like the engine that may power CBS All Access. Yep. If yeah. this works, it'll work because of Discovery. Yeah. If it falls on its face, it will fall on its face because of Discovery. So I mean, this is—they're really this is—they're counting on this to launch this system. You know, you may have heard that uh, ESPN slash Disney thinks it, it needs its own service now. Yep, Disney is I mean, pulling every, out of Netflix. You know, yep. Yeah, everybody thinks they need their own their own delivery system now. Which, which, sure, why not? I guess if you own the content, why not have a distribution network to go with it? But now, basically, all they're doing is they're taking the old school broadcast TV from back in the olden times. Yep. And they're taking it off of the radio waves that come across the air, and they're putting it on the tubes, the series of tubes that come to your house. I'm not, I'm not sure I'm comfortable with the cultural stereotypes you're propagating, but sure, I kind of get. Well, I was trying to do my Ted Stevens. Ted okay. Stevens always kind of sounded like he was from the South, not Alaska. Okay, to me. that's what it. But 
But that's that. Yeah. But that's what that's they're they're just no, doing. You're right. Just basically, going back in time. You're muffing, you're moving from a cut the cord scenario where you had a couple of providers that gave you all of your content to now it's just going to be the same as it was with cable, only a la carte. I'll I'll be able to subscribe to HBO, Stars, CBS All Access. Netflix and Amazon are going to be their own channels because uh, they're they're starting to produce they're more and more of their stuff. own content. It, it's going to be yep. pick and choose, make your own, choose your own cable service is what it's going to end up being. Um, yeah, and your actual cable TV will be filled with people trying to sell you kitchen appliances. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So for thirty um, minutes at a time. So yeah, Sean Newboy, I I think that probably um, that's going to be most of us paying for, uh, paying for just Discovery. Well, after a brief STLV hiatus, our weekly social media tomfoolery has returned. This week's hashtag survey Sunday was, what are your thoughts on hashtag STLV 2017? Feel free to defend your opinion. We had 41 Twitterites respond, and here's the breakdown. 56% of you thought, so much great Trek news. 5% believed, San Diego Comic-Con stole STLV's thunder. And 39% are just grumpy I couldn't go. And 100% were sorry Tony wasn't there. Yeah. Tony, who's that? <laughs> yeah, who's that? Yeah. Who's, who's that guy? Of, who's that guy? For those of you watching, we had a, a little um, little private hangouts um, jab at Tony because we sent Winters a message saying, we miss you, Winters. We recorded people out uh, drinking in Masquerade yep. Bar. Um, and it was yep. very, very sweet. Yep, and then and then we got everybody back together again, and Elijah was like, "We miss you, Tony," and everyone was like, "We, who, who's Tony? <laughs> Which one's that? Which one's Tony again?" Oh, he was the guy that didn't drink as much as the Irish guy, yeah. or wasn't as funny as the Irish guy, yeah. or wasn't here as long as the Irish guy. Yeah, like he's the guy that came in second place to Winters in everything. He's the one I, with uh, the with the goatee, but like like not the nice goatee. Not the good goatee, yeah. Second place is goatees, too. That's right. <laughs> and I'm a little shorter than Elijah. And a little fatter. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm like I'm like, I'm like, like the backup Winters and the backup Elijah. And the, well, I'm not going to back up Kenna. <laughs> I don't think that's good. No, I stand no alone. No one can back you up, Kenna. You exactly. are unique. One of a kind. No one could ever There's no second string it. Kenna. I think, uh, <laughs> I think I was remembered as the guy that had that drink. Yes, the baby Guinness. The guy Guinness. that had that drink. Yeah, yeah. the guy with the baby Guinnesses. The baby Guinnesses. Guinnesses. <laughs> Those were legendary, legendary. And our hashtag title Tuesday had some chuckle-worthy responses. It was another tough choice, but Edward Som on Facebook said, They're magically delicious? Question <laughs> mark. This was, a, this was a picture of me and Elijah um, cuddling a rainbow triple at, at STLV. It was adorable. Um, they t- actually, yes, they looked... Um, if Tribbles ate... Lucky Charms, that is what would get would that is what would come out. Yes, very likely. Yes, and get on that uh, STO creator people. Uh, put some Lucky Charms in the game as food, and then make a new triple. Rainbow triple, yeah. For St. Patrick's Day, we want a Lucky Charm triple for St. Patrick's Day. Make that happen. Okay. There we go. We could have like a whole, we could have a whole yearly program of events of triples. I'm telling you what. I'm telling you what. That is a miss. That is a missed monetization opportunity. People don't pay for tribbles. They would. They're fun to get. They no, would. they're fun to yeah, get. They would. No, they're Ooh. not fun to guess. Do you they're, know what? They're a nightmare to guess. Do you know get. what? Put a tribble in a lockbox as a top prize. You will see. Well, that wraps up episode 332 of Priority One, a Roddenberry Star Trek podcast. 
For more great podcasts like Mission Log and Women at Warp, go to podcasts.roddenberry.com. But before we go, here's a reminder of what our community question is this week. What's your favorite replicated item in Star Trek? Or maybe there's something that should have been replicated but wasn't. Captains, you know we love hearing from you. Leave us a comment on our website at PriorityOnePodcast.com, on our Facebook page at Facebook.com forward slash PriorityOnePodcast, or tweet us via at PriorityOnePod. Don't miss a thing from the world of Star Trek. Catch our episodes every Monday by pointing your favorite podcast app to feeds.priorityonepodcast.com. You can even join in on the fun while we record our episodes live on Thursday nights at around 11 p.m. Eastern. Keep an eye on our social media channels for details. And if that wasn't enough, you can join us in Star Trek Online in the Priority One Armada. If you're interested, just head over to PriorityOneArmada.com and sign up today. And don't forget that every Saturday night, the Armada takes to our Twitch channel for some in-depth playthroughs of Star Trek Online. Follow us on twitch.tv forward slash priority one. This episode of Priority One Podcast is brought to you by our patrons through patreon.com. Find out more and add your support at patreon.com forward slash priority one. Even if you can't make a financial contribution, please help spread the word about the show and invite your fellow Trekkies. It's your support that keeps us going. Don't forget to tune into Priority One Productions' Guard Frequency podcast at GuardFrequency.com. Covering the world of space sims, including Star Citizen, Elite Dangerous, Descent Underground, and many more. If you like this show, then listening to Guard Frequency is the logical choice. Thanks to our audio team led by Michael McDonald, with assistance from Brandon Parker and Jake Morgan, and support from Midnight Shadow 7 of Sweet Media. Thanks to Jake Morgan as well for spearheading our social media, especially those Title Tuesdays and Survey Sundays. Thanks to our graphic artist and web designer, Henry Pomper. Thanks to the composer of our theme music, Chris Watts. Thanks to our syndication partners, Subspace Radio and Trek Radio. Thanks to Patreon associate producer, Navy Boat Slew. And most importantly, a big thanks to you, the Star Trek community and our listeners. Because without your ongoing support... None of this would be possible. Enemy ship on sensors. Red alert. Shields up. Ready weapons. Engage. program may contain one or more of the following crude indecent language explicit sexual activity or graphic violence end quote oh look here comes elijah but i'm sorry if we're lucky i hated to interrupt you but he look he look he's trying to he's trying to shove in isn't he so yeah he's butting in again dude we're trying to do a show here (laughs) we can hear you you're interrupting the show just just fine (laughs) oh there's ken there's ken yeah on the telephone we are so meta right now he's interrupting him interrupting us 
So you interrupted me, interrupting you, <laughs> while you interrupted us when Ken interrupted. This is I'm. We're through the looking glass here, people. Through. <laughs> Goodbye. Get off my Bye. beach. Bye.